Hello, friends. Tune into this unique podcast episode that I have lined up for you all, in which we dive into Vimex streaming, audio video tips, tricks, best practices, anything that involves using Vimex as a live streaming tool, various ways to integrate technologies such as the ATEM switchers and Zoom into the pre and post production, as well as maybe a green room setup, which I'm excited about seeing, ways to monetize your skills as a Vimex operator and best practices for building your business. Welcome to Events Demystified Podcast, where we explore and demystify the world of in-person, virtual, hybrid event AV production and technology by sharing insightful tips, tricks and tactics to make your events a success. This podcast is brought to you by Tree Fan Events, a woman-owned boutique event production agency. And your host is Anka Trifan, a technical event planner and producer with almost two decades of hands-on technical experience in event production. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Events Demystify Podcast, your one-stop shop for tangible, technical, and planning practical advice for your events. Today's episode is sponsored by Trifan Events, and I am your host, Anka Trifan. On the show with me today, I have James Stedman, a virtual event producer that owns and operates full effect streams, a self-starter, a driven and purposeful person, someone that holds a passion for all things related to virtual events and the freedom of working independently. You can learn more about James via the links posted in the episode notes. And in the meantime, I would love to bring him in so we can learn more about his blueprint for success. Welcome to the show, James. (laughs) Hi, it's great to be here. How are you? I am good. As you can see, it feels like Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I know I had a busy Monday as well. It seems like whenever I have a day off, quote unquote, that's when the work flows in and I can never get caught up. So it's one of those Mondays for me it's felt like that for me as well. So I'm like trying to catch up, try to get my, you know, energy level up and be like, okay, let's make this the best episode ever. (laughs) And I'm so excited. I really am. But at the same time, I feel like my eyes are sleepy. The weather is not helping. I don't know. I did not have enough coffee or something, (laughs) but you know what? What's great about this? We are here ready to record this and make the best out of it because there's so much we're going to get to talk about. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah, me as well. It's been a fun ride and I can't wait to tell you more about my story. Let's just get started. And I guess to kick off the conversation, I rarely get to talk to a virtual event producer that is willing to discuss not just their successes, but also their event failures and ways to resolve them, which is so important, especially when you're in the hot seat. So before we even get there, though, I would love to learn more about things that maybe something that you're passionate about, aside from the virtual events and the freedom that comes with being an independent virtual event producer and small business owner. You want to know more about my life outside of virtual events? A little bit, yeah. I mean, do you have one? Is there (laughs) even such a thing? (laughs) 
So I, I know it's a passion of mine as well. I do have kids, so that takes up a lot of my free time, but I am really passionate about this. So it's fun for me as well. And that's why I like it. I've always been in the tech and the computers, and this is like a dream for me to have all this. I'm not a gamer, but this is just the ultimate setup that I've always imagined. But outside of virtual events, I love to travel. I love the outdoors. I love to hike, snowboard when I can get out and travel. I know the pandemic kind of put that on hold for a little while, but uh, looking forward to going to Denver to uh, that's our home away from home, Breckenridge. We love it out there and uh, the kids love it as well. So traveling is definitely a must for us. So love to get outdoors as much as I can. After sitting in this chair for sometimes 15 hours a day, I cannot wait to get outside. I totally agree with you. I'm the same way. Like love the outdoors, love to go hiking. It's been really crazy to find some, you know, quality time to do just that when, you know, the event season is super hot and super busy and, you know, finding that balance it's, it's been hard, you know, I mean, <laughs> I know we're all talking about this life work balance, even as a, you know, independent event producer working for yourself, even then it can be hard to manage. What does that look like? What's the integration looking like? So I guess to get us started, because you did mention your setup and you are, you know, the Vimex operator extraordinaire. I love to, you know, get started with talking about Vimex best practices. So do you have any tips that you want to share right off the bat from your experience using Vimex as your main live streaming tool, something that maybe saved your bacon once or twice? Oh, yeah. There's a shot of my setup here. Now, th this goes all the way around to the back of us as well. This is my main setup here. And behind us is what you cannot see, unfortunately, but you saw in the, in the previous shot behind me is actually the my concurrent setup. So that runs with my live stream. So if if and when oh, look, uh, I see myself in the in the Oh, yeah, there you are. <laughs> I'll switch back to the other one. But so uh, what has saved my bacon, as you say, having backups and, you know, your backups grow. You, you can't anticipate what can go wrong, but your main lifeline is your Internet. Do you have backup Internet, backup power, at least to keep you afloat for 45 minutes, maybe longer? Everything. I have UPS backups on everything. I have three upstairs and I have one on my network downstairs. But again, if we lose Internet at the our main ISP spectrum, which is not great, but it's fiber. If that goes down, which happens often, believe it or not, I have my cradle point. So my cradle point runs off of Verizon and T-Mobile. So I can at least keep the upload speeds to keep my stream afloat for the remainder of the event. I've only lost power one time and I'm sorry to the, <laughs> the one client. I apologize. This was we could get into this. I don't, do you want to get into this now about my. <laughs> hey, whatever you want to share, I am here for the ride. <laughs> So um, I lost power one time and that was with battery backups and I was afloat. I had internet, everything was good. And then the battery backups started yeah. dying one by one. And mm. lesson learned from that to only keep what you need on there. Don't keep mm. all your fancy monitors and everything. Just keep your main monitor, turn off all your lights, your cameras, everything bare bones. And that's what I did after that because it sucked my power dry in about 20 minutes and the power came on about 50 minutes right after I lost all the power and the stream went down. So that's probably the anxiety of dealing with that is like something from another dimension because I haven't had necessarily power loss, but lately it's been kind of like a reoccurrence to get like a power like surge drop. And I'm the same way. Like I, I was like, okay, I need, you know, I need actually power batteries and the backups. One thing that I didn't realize, and maybe something is worth mentioning is like how much wattage you're actually pulling from some of your computers 
computers because I know you have a Legion as well. And I went to Amazon. I just got me a better backup. And then when I got it, you know, I uh, it was dropped off. I was like, this isn't even close to actually feeding my Legions. It apparently needs 850 watts. <laughs> oh, yeah. These... To stay freaking afloat. I'm like, who makes computers like this? <laughs> I don't know the exact specs, but they definitely consume a lot. And the machine that I'm looking at next is going to be a, a monster. But yeah, I definitely noticed it. You could tell the months that I've worked a lot because my power bill <laughs> it skyrockets because this here, you know, some events run for 10 hours and that's a long day. And this this equipment uses a lot of power. Yeah. I was like, man, I can't keep my tower on all the time like I'm used to because this thing is going to like eat me alive. The power bill. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but it pays for itself. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, you're right. So, yeah. you know, coming back to our um, conversation. So let's get back to the tips. Like what is something that aside from having the backups, having your solid backup for the Internet, for the power, anything else that you'd like to share, you know, that you felt like really saved you in a situation where, you know, Things could have gone totally sideways. There's been many occasions where you have everything planned out and we have our show caller that's coming in via Zoom. He's in your ear and then something happens to his connection and you have to scramble. So always make sure that you could run the show by yourself because you may lose team members across the board. And it's happened on many occasions where even the audio channel where I had the show caller in my ear, the producer who's amazing, but his audio was getting choppy. I couldn't hear him. So I don't know what mm -hmm. was happening with that. It was something on his end because I was piping audio into him via NDI and he was coming back to me and I ran the show myself. But again, rehearsing, just knowing the show, internalizing it. I like to take less work, but bigger jobs because for me, though, that pays off because I could really focus on rehearsing, training, running through all the cues step by step and knocking it out of the park. I'd rather, much rather do that than to take a bunch of little jobs. Mundane jobs are, um, they pay the bills, but also I like to be involved in productions. You know, yeah. the day-to-day -day Zoom events, that's tricky. That's not for everybody, but to always make sure that you have a plan B and a plan C, whatever it is. Even as far as uh, my capture cards, I have um, an HDMI capture card in my main machine that that I capture up to four laptops that are over here for like Zoom captures and audio yeah. video captures. If that goes bad, which can happen, I have three Elgato HD60S like USB capture cards that I could hot swap if I needed to. I don't yeah. want to go that route, but it worked in the past. So if something happens to that card, there's only so much you can do though. Don't get into vMix thinking that you have to invest all this money in it. Get yourself just one nice machine and get started that way. Start out with some smaller events and eventually build up to that. But always remember things are going to go wrong but to stay calm that is the most important thing stay calm sit back think about okay well i'm not getting signal or the stream's not working what could it be where do i look first when you panic your mind isn't thinking you're not able to troubleshoot correctly you need to really focus and think about where things could go wrong and how to fix them versus the show's over i'm fired no you got to get the show back on the road first and foremost if the stream is down for 10 minutes that's terrible you know nobody likes that but just to focus focus on getting the problem resolved and you need to focus on the solution, not the problem. So yeah. that's got me through a lot of tricky situations where I could sit back, something happens instead of trying everything just to focus, think about how I configured my setup and find out where that problem could be. It's one of two things. Well, I'm not receiving video signal. Okay. Could it be the capture card? Check the drivers and then go to your plan B, which is your capture card. So there's so many different methods, but again, trial and error, and you just got to train, train, train and stay ahead of the curve because 
because things are always changing in our industry. Absolutely. I was going to piggyback on that initial question with something like, what have you learned over the years of using Vimex? But it sounds like you already shared all of that. So <laughs> do you have anything else that you'd like to share that you wish someone would have maybe told you sooner than later? I fell into vMix at the right time. I was born into this business through the pandemic. I was a in-person trade show and events tech project manager, field supervisor for the last 13 years. Pandemic hit and I fell into vMix from word of mouth. I wasn't really big on LinkedIn, but again, that has been my lifeline is LinkedIn. So for anybody that's new to vMix or new to virtual events, it doesn't have to be vMix. You can get in using OBS or other platforms, even Zoom. Zoom ops make really good money and that's amazing for a lot of customers. They, they yeah. like Zoom and that's they don't need all the fancy graphics and all that. But definitely get involved with LinkedIn as fast as possible and just share your progress. Get excited about it because it's fun. You want to share, I got a new machine or I just took a vMix master's class, which is I highly, highly recommend. That was the first step that I took and I'll share it here. So vMix master's class, this is the course that I took and it'll be the best $15 you will ever spend getting into vMix. And they say about five hours, I believe, but I spent about two weeks on it because yeah, five hours of on-demand mm -hmm. video. And really digging in deep. Is that Paul Richards? It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love his uh, courses. I have a bunch of courses from him. Yeah, he's amazing. And he has so many things on vMix and PTZ Optics, and it simplifies the whole process. You could download vMix for free as well. So, Well, that's amazing that you actually, um, you're sharing that because that's one tool and a course that probably not a lot of people know about. No, I don't think so. And having that under your belt, go ahead and share your progress again with that because it's fun. You're, you're creating a business. This is not just a job. This is a business that you can make really good money with. And it grows and it's always growing. And virtual events is expanding far past the Zoom event or just typical Zoom meeting. It's so much more than that. This is a community and it's only going to get bigger. And every single trade show now, I'd probably say about, I hear about 80 to 90% of them now have some sort of live streaming element. So yeah. now you can move from your at-home studio which is amazing. You could walk right upstairs or into your office and go to work and you could be done in three or four hours and have your day. But also if you'd like to travel, hybrid events, hybrid events are everywhere. And we know that it's only growing. And I think every single event, because some people don't want to travel, they could just watch from home. That is something new to them. And that could get you onto the road. So you could travel and you could live the same life you lived before, but also have work when you're at home versus always on the road. Like I used to be 200 plus days on the road. I don't ever want to go back to that, but I will go out for eight or nine days here and there or three day hybrid event in Charlotte or Wilmington or Vegas. It's nice, but I'm not yeah. out there for, for weeks and months on end anymore. Absolutely. Well, I, I love that you mentioned hybrid events because we are going to segue into that anyway. But before we do that, just to keep it, you know, still at the, that intro level of like for someone that's assessing Vimex or maybe they're really uh, at a one level or another of understanding what that is. I don't think we actually, we started with what does it mean for anyone, for someone that doesn't even know what that is. Like we started like straight into the conversation and maybe we should have probably explained what is Vimex. <laughs> Robert, that's one question. Somebody's like listening to this and like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about because that's like so over my head. So let's go back to defining what that is as a tool. And then I would love for you to maybe give a few tips on something like audio tips and tricks, maybe some settings when it comes to getting good audio. 
Sure. Yeah, we could definitely jump into that. I'm actually going to share my screen in a second. I'm going to import a few like stock videos into vMix and some lower thirds so I could give a demo of that just to show what we can do with it. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, who really <laughs> knows about vMix? And some people have been in the business for a long time. They have no idea. Like I'm on a lot of jobs now where we have graphic ops and I'm like, why? You know, you know, vMix can really do, it doesn't lighten the load at all. It actually complicates it a little bit. Uh, but again, I'll share that in just a second. I also, I don't want to take anybody's job. So, so yeah, uh, graphic ops, please get into vMix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to first say, okay, from a super top level perspective, what would you say vMix is? So we can start with the definition, right? It's just production software. That's really what it is, but it's easier to show it. Okay. Um, let's then do a quick demo here. I'm going to import a couple like stock images and and such right now. Okay. Awesome. So Anka, here's your coffee here. So this is, <laughs> this is our, um, this is the production software called vMix. And it is such a powerful tool that you could, you could do so much with it. You could run an entire production essentially by yourself. And uh, to add an input, they call these inputs and it's just, it's not necessarily an input, but that's what they refer to it as. So like, I'll go ahead and add my camera here. So we'll go ahead and select Elgato face cam and then boom, and I'm into the production now. So you could live stream from this. You could restream, you could stream up to three sources with it. So if you wanted to stream to Facebook, uh, Vimeo, if you wanted to have your live stream embedded on your website, you could do that. You could stream to YouTube anywhere you want with this, just click stream and, and you're live. Uh, you could also do lower thirds. You could have your titles in here. And there's a ton of different tools in here that you could use to, your audio inputs, virtual sets, which is kind of fun. I'm not sure that anybody really uses it, but I've messed around with it a little bit. It's, it's a lot of fun to get into. So if you have a green screen, this subject here, A, that's going to be you. And you could change the background. You could put whatever you'd like in the monitors. So it's just fun little things to get into. But it's just a really simple tool once you learn the basics by taking that vMix master's class. Once you take that course, you'll be able to get right into it and run yourself a really nice production. What's super cool about this too, so I will share just my, I'll put myself here to give you an example of what we can do. So say we don't like the monitor. If we wanna put something else in that area, you could easily add, let's go ahead and add the coffee in here, right? And I could resize this and let's go ahead and hide that that monitor there. So you could do all this within vMix and it's such a fun tool and you could, you could mix and match whichever way you want. If we want to add something else in there. So we want to add a countdown timer in there. We go to layers and I'll show you exactly what I'm doing here. So we'll go to input here and then we'll go to, to layers. So this is our coffee layer here. So you could play around with that, get the sizing correct. Say if you're talking about a PowerPoint and you want to make sure that it's on the screen. So you could add it. You can go ahead and remove it if you want to bring it up on screen. So we'll throw up a uh, let's throw up uh, the title here. There's so many different things. You could do up to 10 layers in this. So I know it looks like a lot in here, but it's really simplified once you get into it and understand what all these buttons do, all your audio levels. This is the trickiest part for anybody getting the vMix. Don't be hard on yourself because 
the audio is the the most difficult part. You have all your audio bus, your audio routing. It can twist your brain. And I've been there, but just talk to us. Put a put a post out on LinkedIn, ask for some help, and somebody like myself or any of anybody in the VMix community would gladly get in here and it's best to work with a partner to figure out these audio buses because to send audio and receive audio, mix minus, if you're a video guy, you don't know about mix minus. This is new. This was new to yeah. me. <laughs> and even like for someone like me, because I'm an audio person that came from the analog world, right? And then I moved into digital sound. This part of Vimex, I'm telling you, like it confused the heck out of me until I sit down to think straight. How would I route this from like an analog point of view? How would that look like if this was analog and I needed to create my routing? And then once I did that, I'm like, oh, okay, now it actually makes sense. Because before I was like, oh my gosh, my head hurts. And I'm supposed yeah. to know this stuff because I'm <laughs> like, audio is my main thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's unbelievably complicated. And what really helps is to, well, Dante audio. Are you familiar with Dante? Yeah. Dante audio is like NDI as well. NDI is a must for video. You can and there's like a lot of certifications that you can get on Dante if you are not familiar with it. Like there's actually think, three or four levels of certifications and learn more about. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just there, there's so many tools online, uh, so many courses that you could take. Just jump into the course. It's nice getting into a program and playing around with it, but learn from the pros because you will pick it up so fast and understanding it and listening to it and watching a video is going to get you farther along than just playing around with it. I've done that, but I'm glad that I took the route that I did with just jumping right into the course and learning from a professional because they'll teach you things that you'll never be able to learn on your own. But one is VMix, Dante for audio and NDI. NDI is a crucial tool that I use every day to get video in and out of VMix. It's the easiest way to do it and Dante as well. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. Find out how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable. Go to trifunevents.com. someone that doesn't necessarily understand what NDI is because they're like really beginners at this, how would you explain it in like a layman's term? So NDI, normally what you would do to get video out of vMix is you would have to have a hard line like an HDMI or an SDI. But what's nice about NDI is it runs over the network. So any device that's on the network can get your NDI connection. So it's just a simple tool, NDI5. You could download it today. It's free, which is unbelievable to me. And it just keeps getting better and better with uh, tools such as NDI Bridge that are coming out that we can we can touch on for sure. But with the NDI Studio Manager, it's a, let's see here if I can get this up for you. So the NDI Studio Monitor, it's a great tool. And I'll share my screen again here. 
so you could see. So it's just blank right now, but this device is on the network right now. So if I have a laptop downstairs in, or in another room, another part of your office building, you could select which output that you want. So if you have a producer that needs to see only the timer, you could send just that output. If you have a producer that needs to see the master output, they can go in and select, okay, I need to see a different output. So we're going to see output two. It really depends on what it is that you want to do and where. So it's just the easiest way to get video from your main workstation out to any location that's on that network. And the same goes for taking video in. Now with vMix, you could add an NDI source. So if I were to go to NDI desktop capture, so now I could see all the NDI sources that are on my network. So I'll go ahead and add a NDI source right now as we talk here. Let's see how quick I could do this with getting my computer in, but <laughs> it's really cool. So uh, let's see here. So NDI, we'll go to vMix desktop capture. So we'll add that. I'm going to open up a PowerPoint. So I have my laptop here that's NDI. Now there, there's no hard line connection to this whatsoever. It's just a laptop that is on the network. So this is the laptop that's behind me here. That's over on the same network. Yes. So it has to be localized to you. It does. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, in the future, we have what's called, where is it here? Oh, Oh, NDI Bridge. Yes. What that's going to do is bridge connections worldwide. Yeah. So this is coming very, very soon. And I'm really excited about it because rather than sharing your screen, you could have NDI Bridge on a computer anywhere in the world and yeah. it'll be like they're here in my home studio. So like this is a PowerPoint. It's pretty responsive too. I have a decent network switch, but just pretty standard stuff. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's NDI for you. It's a, an amazing tool. And if you want to learn more about it, like Anka said, there's courses on everything. <laughs> yes. Okay. While you're in this view, uh, James, uh, before I switch views, how about you show us a little bit of your green room setup? Oh yeah, sure. So this is a, uh, my green room. So this is what I would show to anybody that's in vMix call. So this is what we'd call a green room. Any of our virtual callers, this is will be the backstage view or green room as, as there's so many names for everything that we do. But if I had four virtual callers, I would put them in each one of these boxes. So we have one, two, three, and four. And these little boxes here, it's custom to each client and I give them uh, three or four options to see what works better for their production. So down here, I would put like a video playback timer. So if we have a video, instead of verbally queuing them, there's two minutes remaining, three minutes remaining, they could see the countdown timer here. Yeah. So go ahead and throw a countdown timer in that area, which I could do that right now for you, which is so cool about vMix because every client's different. So to give them the option to customize this, they, they love it. They love it because whatever makes them more comfortable is going to make the production run smooth. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and add the countdown timer in there. We're going to go ahead and we'll start the countdown timer as if it was video playback or a lot of run of shows have specific times for each of the, the speakers. So a presentation is running 15 minutes. You want to keep everybody on schedule because yeah. you have 20 speakers. That time adds up. And if you're over three minutes, you're going to be over 20, 30 minutes at the end of the show. So this little slot here, we could add um, depending on what, time zone you're in. If you have multiple time zones, you could add how many minutes you're on live or when you're going live. Just so many options. What I like to do here in this live area is the program output. 
So I always tell my presenters, my, my talent, whoever's on stage with us, I always tell them when you see yourself in this box here, that's when you're live. Cause not always can you give them verbal cues. Yeah. It works sometimes, but it's just easier like that. And less back-to-back -back communication. When you see yourself in the box, you're live. Now, what this also can be used for is a confidence monitor, as we call it. So if you have a PowerPoint that you want to put in that box, it's difficult for somebody to read there. Some people just use it as like, um, as like flashcards, but other people read it word for word. And it's just, it makes it easier when you have the, I'm going to put it back in the screen here. If you just go ahead and throw their PowerPoint in this box here, so they could see it full screen and they could read the text, no problem. It just makes it a lot easier. It just makes the show flow so much better when they could see what they're talking about. And you could even send with vMix call specific views back to them. So if they only want to see the PowerPoint, you could send them just the PowerPoint so they could, they could see what they're talking about. Um, in these two boxes here, this could be anything. This was a job that we just did uh, for HPA that we made this backstage view. We had two on-site PTZ cameras and this was shot one and shot two. And then the where the PowerPoint is, that was our live shot. And then we had four vmix callers at a time no more than four callers and we had different countdown timers here but it was on the west coast so we had um pst right here and a couple countdown timers for the speakers uh that was the view but again this can be anything so james how long does it take you to actually pre-program some of uh this um you know build the show if you know in vmix <laughs> words uh, it, it really depends. Um, sometimes you could do it if you have all the assets. Now that is the tricky part is making sure that you have everything that you need to complete your show. There's a lot of times that things are missing, but you could knock it out in three to four hours, I'd say. And then you usually have a day of rehearsal. So that's when things will change some more. So I try to get everything almost where they need to be. And then during the rehearsal, I know it's going to change. So to make sure that um, that you're ready for that. But uh, just set a day aside. I try not to double book. I rarely ever do it because things happen. And um, I like to keep that entire day open for my client because having a full day to prep a show is always good. You may not always need it. You could always do it in one or two hours, but, um, but giving yourself that time just in case things change, which often they do. So I know that as we were switching all these looks, um, from your cameras, you actually were using, um, a TAM mini switcher. Is that what you have over there? Would, yeah. uh, would you want to, you know, explain how you're integrating, uh, the ATEMs into your setup? And if you have any tips on how to even use zoom as your capture i don't know what the ndi is i don't want to deal with that i just want to make it simple because my client is using zoom and they're so comfortable with that sure so i use zoom a lot and i have a lot of clients especially in a pharmaceutical end of it where they prefer to use zoom vmix call is out of the question Mm -hmm. So they're comfortable to teach them something new. Yeah. It's like, uh, what is that thing? Cause we'd had that experience before where like trying to explain to them how they have to go here and do this and like, ah, too much, <laughs> even though it's not really, truly that much, you know, it's not. And it's very similar to zoom. When you look at it like that, you could just do custom backstage, but they just want simple. They want, and a lot of, a lot of my pharmaceutical clients love backgrounds. Yeah. The customized and blurry background. Yeah. I get it. Okay. You don't have a green screen. We don't get you can, it. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get yeah. a blurry background just because of my camera, but yeah. I get the level of blurriness that some people really want to hide behind. 
Yeah, I, I understand. And uh, to an extent, you know, and uh, but again, uh, you know, a lot of times while we're on the topic of backgrounds, right, sometimes that can affect your bandwidth. So I see that where it's if your video looks poor, you got to get rid of that animated background just because it can destroy your bandwidth. And that's the most important thing is audio number one and video number two. And the animated backgrounds are unnecessary. I'd much rather have a stable connection versus yeah. that. But um, and a good resolution video that comes through as opposed to like you're fading into your background slowly and surely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's so true. I know it's such a shame that people don't focus more on their bandwidth. I, I was on a call with somebody, very high up person. We'll just say that. But he was talking about audio and his audio was absolutely terrible. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's so ironic to be in a situation like that when you're telling what people should do with their audio and this and that, and his audio was cutting out. So you got to make sure you have good bandwidth. And yeah. it's so important. And now. you might have a really good microphone and really good setup, but really it's not coming through, like you said, because of your bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. And to do test runs, you know, you could even have a go on a Zoom call and have another, even your phone or, or a laptop and just do a test. Because how do you know how your microphone sounds if you're not listening mm -hmm. to it? You yeah. could do the Zoom test, but I think everybody should do it because we're on so many of these calls. And when we get people with terrible microphones or poor bandwidth or not the best camera or they're using their onboard camera, I love Elgato products. I have a, an Elgato uh, Wave 3 microphone and a Elgato cam. This this is an Elgato cam. The one behind me is, and it's amazing for what you can get for $130. So I love Elgato products. They're affordable and they make really good stuff. Uh, they have great capture cards. You don't have to go out and spend $500 on a capture card. Get yourself an Elgato capture card, HD60S. Great. And then the Wave 3 microphone has great sound. You can check your levels on it. The software is amazing. Get yourself proper lighting. There's a ring light. You could buy the whole package from Elgato. And the Elgato face cam is amazing. I had three Logitech Brios that mm -hmm. I was using for a wedding live stream. And I had to put it together. It was for a family member. And I wanted to live stream their event because a lot of people couldn't make it out. So I was like, let me buy the best camera on the market, the Logitech Brio for webcams. And we're replacing them around the venue. The light Lighting, and I'm not a camera op, so all the terminology, I'll probably get it wrong, but the lighting wasn't, which just wasn't right. So I went to Best Buy and I picked up three Elgato face cams and the quality looked amazing, like DSLR quality. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really impressed with their products and they keep coming out with more and more stuff that uh, they're keeping up with the curve. I love it. So what do you use now for cameras when you go on a uh, hybrid setup? Do you, um, do you do those much or do you try to keep mostly to virtual? Uh, so hybrid setups, I love PTZs. They're, mm -hmm. they're great because again, in vMix, you could set specific movements for your PTZ camera. So if you have, you know, a shot over here to your left, you have a, a mid shot and then a shot to the right, you could set those presets in vMix. So all you have to do is click a button and the camera will automatically pan and zoom in wherever you tell it to go. So you don't have to have a controller as long as you have those set movements. So I love PTZs. I love camera ops, but again, that adds labor costs. So if I could use PTZs, amazing. I'm definitely going that route. And especially now with NDI, where you only have to run one network line and you don't have to run a hundred foot SDI and power. You could just run POE, uh, power over ethernet to your camera, plug it in and you have connection. 
That's awesome. I think there's so much to talk about here, James. I don't think we're actually going to get to the bottom of this conversation because we barely touched the surface. I mean, we barely touched the surface on integrations with ATEM and how, you know, you can ISO record and how you can use different setups and different hardware and software and VSD plugins. And we didn't even go into like the our producer Vimex call uh, control that it's something that, you know, if you're a Vimex uh, operator is looking to and the amount of information yeah. that it is available to learn if you're willing to, but also the things that you need to learn once you're getting, you know, down this road. So I guess to just pivot a little bit into the conversation of how do you use all this fantastic knowledge that you've gained now since, you know, doing virtual events and turn it into a business that's profitable. Do you have any maybe key tips to share with anyone that are at the point where like, well, I've done so many tiny little events or I've done so many projects for whatever friends and family. And I, I really want to, you know, I've done so many hours of learning this tool. How can I take it now into the next level and actually make a profit and actually build a business around it? Yeah, there's so many ways now. And I know I'm bringing it up again, but LinkedIn, it's an amazing tool because it's all about the network because vMix ops are in high demand right now. Virtual event specialists across the board are in high demand. We need green room managers, producers, anybody that's involved in virtual events from concept to completion, like you need everybody because it's only growing. The industry is only getting bigger. So definitely network. You want to build your network up and you want to ask questions and never go in with the mindset that you're the greatest or <laughs> there, there's always more to learn. There's always somebody better than you. And there's always somebody that's willing to teach you. So you have to be open to learn because things are going to go wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Stuff happens. You need to push through. It's not an easy road, but it pays. And to build your network up and to rely on somebody that you can call on if you're stuck. That is where you should focus because there's been a lot of situations where I'm stuck on a certain thing where it could take me hours to figure out where it is or one phone call away and the solution is right there in front of me. So don't be scared to call. Don't be scared to ask questions and just network, network, network. That's the ticket to success right there. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I end up on so many uh, mastermind Zoom conference calls with a lot of guys that all we talk is Vimex. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to actually shout out to Ryan Perry. I don't know if James, if you know him, but he has this weekly mastermind for Vimex operators where I've learned a whole great of things, new things, not just like, you know, the things that I personally run into, you know, on a daily basis, but a lot of information and tips from other people's struggles. Like I may run a specific type of event that um, keeps me, you know, in this workflow that works great for me. However, you know, someone like you, James and someone like a lot of the guys that I got to meet through some of those mastermind gatherings because I mean they're not really classes it's more like of a community peer-to-peer -peer sharing of information and learning all of that going back and forth it's been a phenomenal resource for me because I come again into virtual events as a sound engineer not as a video anything I've learned my way into understanding what video is and understanding all those like topics and concepts that they were very much new to me just two years ago and it's only because of the community, like you mentioned, that I've been able to run the type of events I'm running and the type of business that I'm getting now because I constantly kept one, asking question and two, learning. I don't think you will ever, you know, finish learning and being willing to admit when you're like, hey, I don't know this. I don't understand this. Can you guys help me out? Can you like explain this to me in a way 
that makes sense that I will understand. And I loved, you know, running into you on LinkedIn and seeing your progress and seeing your um, story and how you got to be doing all those cool things. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't realize the uh, community aspect that virtual events have brought along and how important it is to feel like you have someone, like you said, on the other side to call or just even troubleshoot something on the fly, you know? And now I guess as we're coming to an end, because I mean, we could be going on and on forever. <laughs> what is yeah. one piece of advice that you want to leave, you know, the Vimex community, the Vimex, the new to Vimex operator, or anyone that's into, you know, the virtual event producer that's running Vimex, anyone that have done virtual events and maybe transitioning into hybrid events, any tips that you want to share or advice that you feel like would be super helpful? Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of tips and, and tricks to this business. And like you had said, everybody has their own way of doing it. So just try it, just get in it, download vMix. It's a free software and just dive into it. And you may like it, you may love it, but it's an amazing business to get started in and just always reach out to people, network and take some courses and train. There's so many resources, like you had said about that podcast, Office Hours. Shout out to those guys at Office Hours. Those guys got me through their such an amazing resource, their YouTube channel. They break it down by question. I'll skim through it. I'll say, this interests me. And I've learned so many tips and tricks from these guys. 30 plus years, a lot of these guys have in the business. You're learning 30 years of knowledge and watch that when your free time, it's about an hour or sometimes two, but um, just to always go into it like there's something new to learn and not yeah. knowing something, not knowing something is just another new opportunity to learn something. And just, yeah, just keep your eyes and ears open because this industry is growing so fast and there's something new and groundbreaking right around the corner. So make sure you keep up with the times because uh, you could fall behind pretty fast. <laughs> that is one lesson to be learned from anyone that hasn't necessarily embraced virtual events, you know, beginning of 2020. And then two years later, you know, they're still hoping that we'll be going back to a hundred percent in person. And here we are. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was in that same situation. I had the opportunity to go back and I said, you know, I think I'm going to stick this out in virtual events because uh, <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. Thank God I did because, yeah, I would have been jobless again. So I, I said to myself, I will never not have a job again. I don't want to go into the pandemic stories, but but yeah, a lot of us lost our positions and uh, yeah. it was pretty traumatic for a lot of people and losing their houses and this and that. And uh, fortunately, I didn't suffer too much. I was able to fall into VMIX pretty fast. But now uh, you're not late to the party. It's still pretty early on in the game. So get into VMIX, have fun with it and just network and reach out to me on LinkedIn, James Stedman. I'd be happy to help in any way. And I love helping people out. I love growing our community. It's something that I'm passionate about. So uh, feel free to reach out anytime. I'd be glad to uh, jump on a Zoom call or VMix call and bring you into the production. I love that. And I credit my newest addition to my studio, Legion, with the latest graphics card to James as yeah. well. So <laughs> thank you, James. <laughs> well, here's one last question. I promise is the last one. Could you give maybe a round number of like for anyone that's starting like fresh, what would they expect to potentially spend to get to a level of operation, even if it's not necessarily your level, say, right? Because I mean, it took you a minute to build to that, but something where they're functional, something that they can actually take an event, a virtual event and run it on their own. I suppose a setup that makes it happen, a minimum 
to have. Sure. Yeah. You don't necessarily need all new equipment. You can go and source used equipment. I would suggest getting a new computer though, getting mm -hmm. yourself a nice new computer and something with a warranty or some sort, because if you're investing, it's not cheap, you know, you can get a computer for two or 3000, but you don't need to have this massive computer. I started out with the computer behind me. It's a Lenovo Legion with a 1660 video card, nothing fantastic. I think it cost me like, I think it was like 1200 bucks. That's what I started with. And a couple monitors, that I grabbed off. And now this is during the pandemic, right? Now that's my backup. So I have two backups, but I have my Lenovo Legion laptop as well, which I love. I bring that on the road with me everywhere. But you can get by with just a machine like that to get you through most of your events. Nothing huge, but if you're going to do, well, it's kind of hard to say for somebody that's not familiar with vMix, but get yourself a Lenovo Legion laptop. I love them. They're amazing. They've never let me down. They've been running two years strong and keep them updated. And then as well, get yourself a good network switch. That's very important and a nice widescreen monitor. Other than that, get yourself comfortable, get yourself a comfy chair because you're going to be in it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> And get a gym membership. You got to oh, be that's right. All, all the sitting down. I need to balance it out with going to the gym and going to the sauna. You're staring at a screen all day, every day. You got to get outside. <laughs> well, thank you so much, James, for everything that you've shared today. I feel like I've learned a lot. And just the fact that we did an actual demo during the podcast, this is a first. So oh, really? Thank you. Yep. And I will have the link to your LinkedIn that you mentioned earlier to where um, our audience can connect with you. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your crazy Monday and I will see you on LinkedIn. Awesome. I will see you on there as well. Thanks for having me, Anka. Well, friends, <laughs> this is it for today's episode. This was a pleasure to just hang with James here and see him from front and back view and side you i mean at this point you've kind of seen his entire 360 office this was amazing stay tuned for our next episode airing out soon and have a fantastic rest of your day thank you for listening to the events demystified podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please take a moment to review it rate it and share it with other event professionals that could benefit from it connect with us on social at events demystified podcast we would love to hear from you and what you're up to if you'd like to learn more about tree fan event services and find out if we're a good fit in supporting your event can we help your event be successful with a 20-minute free consultation link in the episode's notes thanks for tuning in